think it's really important for people in the combat arms and people who lead squads and lead platoons to understand that every time they go out and do an op order, that op order is essentially a project plan and you're delivering a project. So just take the time to think about all of the things that you did um, because you're going to find that whole concept around th how you think about something you come from the military. That was, that was the first thing that I realized on day one. And I was given a comparison between an, uh, a NATO op order and a project plan. I was like, oh my God, this is the same thing. Yeah, I've been doing project management my whole career. Hey, yeah. Sean, welcome to the Veteran Transition Experience. Thank you for coming on to our third episode and our second Canadian. So the first question I always ask my guests is, why did you join the Army? So why did you join the Canadian Armed Forces in the first place? So... 1996 at the Atlanta Olympics, I remember when two Canadians, Marnie McBean and Kathleen Heddle, had won their third gold medal in um, women's uh, sculling. I remember seeing them win their gold medals and playing the national anthem at the, at, at the medal ceremonies. And I thought, man, that was, that was kind of the linchpin for me to to join the military. I had been wearing a uniform. I had been in cadets, Cub Scouts, everything. Um, but that was, that was one of the reasons because I, I was just so proud. And then it didn't take too long. And then I found myself in the military in 1997. And, and what were you doing when you first joined? So for my first 10 years, I worked as a supply technician. And then uh, I stopped being a supply technician because I took a program in the Canadian Armed Forces called the University Transfer Program for non-commissioned members. Yep. It's colloquially referred to as the UT program. So I went to RMC for four years, the Royal Military College in Kingston for four years. Um, I got my degree. Uh, I got an honors degree in psychology. And then I was starting to work as uh, a personnel selection officer, but at the time I was doing research um, for the transition group. So yeah, but it was in my fourth year when I was at RMC, so that would have been 2011 that I found out that I was going to be medically released. Yeah. So uh, by the end of 2000, and, by September of 2012, I found myself on the outside looking in. Okay. So how, how was your time? So you ended up serving how many years and how was your time during that time? Served just over 16. Yep. And uh, in that time, I deployed to the Persian Gulf. Uh, I was actually at sea for 9-11. We were on our way home from the Persian Gulf. I also deployed to the Middle East, uh, to the UAE. And eventually I found myself in Afghanistan at the end of 2003. And then... Um, then I decided that uh, it was time, and we got, I got promoted and we got posted back to, from BC to Ontario. And yeah, so what's the question? Uh, how was your time in the military? I know <laughs> it was great. I mean, uh, it was it was my life. I had no intention of leaving in 2012. I was 34 years old, third, just turned 35, and I had. You know, two small kids. My daughter was five years old. My son was eight. And it was, 
you know, it was going to be, it was, it was a rough go. So yeah, I, I had no intention of leaving. I, I was always going to be that lifer guy. What a different hand dealt to me. So yeah. What made it so hard to leave or want to like, I know you didn't have a choice in the end, but what, what made it so hard? I think the biggest thing for me was I was being released because I couldn't deploy back to Afghanistan uh, and I was in an occupation where deployments are few and far between and usually at the major, major and colonel levels um, so for me it was it was it, it didn't make sense because I felt that I still had work to contribute and I could have been a great PSO um, and never, never bothered to deploy the rest of my life, but I still could have served CF, and so that 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 was the that was the big one. Yeah. Me anyway. So when kind of the your life got, I guess, flipped upside down, or you know, you thought you were going to be a lifer, and then all of a sudden everything changes. Did you did you panic? Did you have a plan? Did you start thinking I need a plan, or what what was what was going through your head? Having the luxury of working at the, that time, it's called the CF Transition Assistant Groups now, but I, don't, I can't remember what it was called back then. But I was working there, so I had, literally, I was in the office with all the people that helped you to find your way, find your way through the transition process at the time. So I felt like I had a pretty good plan in place. Um, I had... I had started a master's uh, degree program at Queen's University in Kingston in industrial relations. It was it was a perfect follow-on to the, the kind of work that I was doing in personal selection and the research I was doing. And that was great. And I did that, I, I did that course 15 months full-time. Uh, couldn't get a job after. <laughs> the job market in North America in 2013 was pretty lean. So I was kind of stuck, and then uh, it wasn't until 2016 that I actually went back to work, um, working at Health Canada. So you can have all the plans and ideas you want. I had a great plan. Uh, things just didn't work out. Um, so, but I see other people who didn't, you know, didn't have the luxuries that I had of, you know being able to walk over to a desk and ask somebody a question where they kind of feel like they're left out and uh, slip through the cracks. So I get that. And um, I, I feel pretty lucky, but I would not want to go through what some of those guys go through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine, but it looks pretty tough. So it's part of life. Yeah. So you left in 2012, end of 2012 or 2013? 2012. Yeah. And so... September 12th that I started school right away. Yeah. So you started school. And then when along this journey did you first hear about With You With Me? So I first heard about With You With Me, I think, just this past December. Like it was okay. that quick. Wow. Um, I had... I'm, I'm a certified project manager. Um, and I had been working in project management at both at Health Canada. And then after that, I joined um, one of the big four at PwC working in project management. Um, so it's where I wanted to stay. And um, when I got laid off from PwC at the end of February, beginning of March of 2020, 
I was having a little bit of, I, I, I initially had some good um, experiences around getting job offers and stuff. COVID happened. It was a bit of a, so what happened after say April is I started to get, I started to think I need to do something else to pair my PMP with. So for me, it was, I was looking in the tech field because I'm a bit of a, you know, I'm a bit of a tinkerer at home. I, I build my own computers. I, yeah. I know a lot about computers. I don't know, I, I, you know, what I wanted to do. Just knew I wanted to get something in tech. And I saw something on with you with me. I came or uh, that came across my LinkedIn feed, and I think I connected with Bill Simmons because we had some um, some common connections, and that's probably how I saw it. And then I connected with Will, and I connected with Tom Moore, and then eventually Tom Larder, and then, geez, it was it was pretty lightning fast. By twenty fourth of twenty fourth of December, um, Tom Larder had called me with a job offer, and I started uh, on this project that I'm on now. On uh, I started my onboarding on the eighteenth of January, and we did. The, I've been working on this project now since the twenty fifth of January. So you're basically given a job offer in under a month. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I'd, I'd like to say that wasn't um, that wasn't was an anomaly, but actually, when I joined PwC, it was very much the same way. Okay. I was pretty surprised. Yeah. Coming from the Canadian government, where everything takes extended amount of time. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So you so you you think you heard us heard about us through LinkedIn? That's interesting. Uh, do you, in Canada, do you think enough, uh, I guess, veterans or ex-military are on LinkedIn and do you think they're using it enough to kind of get I themselves think the out ones, I think the ones that want to be. I, so sometimes I feel like there's two, well, it's just, it's not even a veteran thing. There's, there's two kinds of people, the ones that will go out and get something and ones that will wait for it to come to them very much the go out and get it yeah oh the primary job search functions were all conducted in networking on linkedin like i lived and died by linkedin every day i was on linkedin i was applying for jobs i was networking with people talking to people about possible opportunities that's me i know there are people out there that are like that there are also people who want who are expecting kind of people to come to them and I, I, that's just the, just the way it is. I have a large uh, network on LinkedIn, and many many of them are ex-military. Um, I think the people that use LinkedIn to its full capacity and potential are the, are the successful ones. Um, but everybody has a different reason for being there as well, right? Yeah. I was there because I was, you know, I'm. I'm 43 now. I'm in my prime working years. I need to be working. Whereas you get people who come off a 25-year military career, and maybe they're just passively on LinkedIn, just passively looking for something or looking for something new. Um, so for me, uh, I think I think it's a balance. I think there's some that are, that really take advantage of it. I think there's some people that um use it but maybe not to its full potential and then some people who just kind of you know sit back and and are very very passive 
Okay. So, so the people that expect things to come to them, what, what, I guess, what, what can we, how can we help them or how, how do you see them uh, getting opportunities and stuff or how can they improve that? So I'm very big on uh, this, this idea. There's two things that really bother me about the veteran community. I don't know if it's similar in Australia or the US or the UK, but there's this entitlement syndrome where uh, I was in, I was a veteran, you need to hand this to me, or, you know, you, you should help me because I was a veteran. Maybe I don't want to help you. Maybe I want to help you because you're a veteran, but maybe I don't want to help you because you have this chip on your shoulder that says you're entitled to the help. So there's, there's people that kind of fall into that category. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't want those people around. Um, I come, I grew up, been not the greatest circumstances so i've always been the guy if i want something i need to go get it and in my experience in the canadian forces and even even still working at pwc if you want something you can't just sit back and wait you need to go get it um and i i love the people that get it you know they know what they want to do or they know that they want help to figure out what they want to do Okay. Um, so, I, yeah, it's, I don't know that, I feel like that would be the law, you know, the law of diminishing returns to be putting effort into trying to get them to be go-getters. You know, that's, I think, I think that's a waste of time. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll okay. We'll move on from the two types of people in the world and go on to, the next question, which is if you like right now, if you had to explain what with you with me is to ex military or as someone who's still in the military, maybe looking to transition, what, what would you, how would you explain with you with me? So I would explain, explain to them that they are, they're a, a company that was built by veterans for veterans um, in an effort to, to fill a need in global job market with all the focus on cyber and big data and you know we t- we talk about facebook every day we talk about twitter and, and and data and being the customer um so i'm of the opinion that with you with me is is doing two things it's really helping veteran community upskill in rules, whether it's cyber, uh, robotic robotic pro- process automation, big data, um, learning how to use Power BI or Tableau. So these are things that maybe people thought about in the military that wasn't available because they were infantiers or they were combat arms, whatever, or, you know, they pointy end of the stick kind of people. So I look at it as the way I've explained to this to people, including my wife, is it's a company that wants to get a veteran who is equally wanting entry-level ready into a cyber position. Sometimes people hear entry-level positions and they kind of think, well, I'm not, you know, I was 25 years, I was a warrant. But you don't know anything about cybersecurity. <laughs> yeah. So, um, talking about getting you know some people go to school for this 
Um, you have the ability to upskill veterans who already have the soft skills required to be good at this. Just giving them the technical knowledge that they need to succeed. And then putting them in a position such as with our project or with other projects here in Canada and in Australia, where we put where we put these people on a project team that allows them to learn by doing and become more comfortable with the work that they're doing. Obviously, they're not we don't put a team, you know, we don't have a team of an entry level guys solving, you know, the solar winds problem as an example, right? Yeah. But you know, you get to go work like the team that I'm on. We're working on the Cyber Mission Assurance Program through the Department of National Defense and the Canadian Armed Forces. So we have a number of people who are ex-military, ex-intelligence officers, ex-intelligence uh, operators, uh, myself. Uh, I'm the project manager on the team. Um, our project executive, Tom Larder. Uh, I believe he was an infanteer. Yeah. You know, like all these things can be learned. And when you have... Um, we have a great uh, tech SME that's part of our team. So the guys that are coming on, yes, they have some knowledge of cyber or intelligence or, but, you know, because we're focused on cyber mission assurance, they're, they get to learn as we go what works best. Uh, at the same time, they get to learn what it's like to work with a client. Um, you know, around client expectations and 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 things like that. So, awesome. Yeah, I don't know if that answered the question. <laughs> I, I I loved it. Either way, I, I almost forgot what the question was. I think that was great. No, no. I actually want to. You went down a little um, rabbit hole, but I actually want to go down further. And you mentioned something about I guess ex-military with certain soft skills, and I guess that makes them we could say better for certain jobs or for certain opportunities. Could you go into that a little bit more? What are those kind of skills? Would you say? So the big one is, is the is the teamwork issues. Um, you know, soldiering is a team sport. We all know that. And sometimes people struggle not having a team around them. And we are, you know, at, at with you, with me, we're building our projects with core teams. So you get to work with that team. Like we're hoping that our project is going to take us to the end of March 22, as an example. Um, we would like to keep that, you know, keep that team together, and and everybody's progressing as a team. Um, that's one. Uh, the other one is understanding. You know, there there are certain ways of speaking depending on the room. You know, so we have a mixture of experience. We have majors. Uh, you know, I've de I've I've dealt with briefings at the deputy minister level. Um, so I get that, um, there are other people who haven't, but they, they know how to brief. So it's just, it's just that the idea of, okay, when you're briefing to the deputy minister or the CDS or whatever, you know, it's bottom line up front kind of thing, right? You know, um, so they get that, you know, things like, you know, bluff and, you know, that you don't have to teach them. You don't have to teach somebody how to talk to people. Um, what, some of the other things, the, the teamwork is the huge one for me. Yeah. Um, the other, you know, communicating, being able to write, you know, we do, we do learn, especially, uh, especially at the off at the officer level. Um, cause most officers are going to go through some sort of, um, staff position where they are writing um so 
in the outside the world, people don't think of an infantry officer who's attached to the base commander staff as you know sitting down and writing briefing notes and and being a, being a good writer. Um, so there's a lot of things that you don't have to worry about teaching. And this isn't to knock like a, a 20 year old kid who just finished university. He's probably great at writing an academic paper, but no squat about integrating into a team with ours. And if I say to if I say to one of the, one of the guys on my team, right, I need a memo written for this. I don't have to go into detail about how to write that memo. You know, there's just certain things that are inherent to government, inherent to D and D and the CAF that learn along the way communicating um understanding uh you know kind of rank structures um now that can be taught as well but being able to understand who's in the room um, where your place is in the room because military is such a hierarchical organization that when you have somebody who comes from that organization they kind of, you know, you give them a little bit of uh, direction and they'll find their place in that in that team. Um, I also find that when we have uh, these kinds of these kind like this kind of team, it's it, the the normal norm forming, norming, storming and adjoining uh, concepts around teams are a lot. It, it moves a lot faster. Yeah, you don't have to spend uh, a lot of time know kind of feeling people out and you know everybody kind of has a job to do and they know that's why they're there and they know that there's going to be interactions with their teams whereas if you have somebody you know who who spent like maybe you have a financial analyst who you know is really great at financial being a financial analyst but couldn't talk his way out of a wet paper bag you know what i mean like yeah. those people exist now don't get me wrong those people exist in the military they exist everywhere as as many people as many Steve Jobs that we have, there are you know thousands and thousands and thousands more people who can't stand in front of a group and go. Yeah. So those things are you know communications, uh, teamwork. Those are the two big ones. Awesome. And so coming coming back a little step uh, with your experience with with you with me. So you didn't did you have to do any of our training uh, for your placement? No. Yeah. Um, all I did. I, all I did was. Um, I mean, I'm doing the cybersecurity analyst um, stream on my yeah. own. Okay. Because um, yeah, I wanted okay. to talk about that a bit more because I think a lot of people, particularly with some understanding of with you with me, um, they usually come onto the platform and think they have to do a course. But let's say if there's someone like you who has experience, well, really, you just have to get in touch with someone let them know your story, let them know, you know, you've worked here, you've done this, you've done that, and basically present yourself um, ASAP, which I think is cool. And I haven't really thought of that before. I don't think I have talked to someone yet who hasn't kind of gone through some form of training before they got the offer. So I think that's pretty interesting as well. I think my timing was just perfect because they were looking for a project manager and I was available. Yeah. Um, so it, it was just, it was kind of like aligning of the planets, like perfect place, perfect time. Yeah. And I'm glad, I'm glad I chose because <laughs> of course, as soon as you have one job offer in your hand, three more show up. 
Yeah, and you chose and nothing us. For 11, nothing for 11 months, and I decided to choose this because I fully believe in what Tom Moore has built. Um, and I would, and I love being involved in scaling it in Canada. Awesome. And let's go into your, your current role right now. So firstly, I want to know what your role is and do, would an ex-military person understand your role if you just told them your title and get what you did? Project manager. Yeah. Most of them would, because if you think of it, you know, um, a squadron, a squadron commander or, you know. A section commander yeah. in this case, because you know I only got I got six guys, right? Yeah. So I'm a I'm a I'm a section commander. Um, I am the linchpin between the project executives and the client and the project team. So I have to make sure that the project team is doing their work, but at the same time as a project manager, I have to manage the schedule, manage the financials, the project, manage the risks and issues. So. Uh, Ideally, so because once a risk is triggered, it becomes an issue and you have to deal with it. So trying to head that off. Uh, stakeholder management, so um, dealing with the client uh, or anybody else that's possibly affected by the, uh, by the uh, project. For example, um, today we just uh, involved some people from uh, DevOps within the company to work with us uh, on, this, on this project building out some training material, customized training materials. So it's like that, right? Um, so managing that part and then at the same time be, you know, providing uh, updates, uh, weekly updates on the, the progress um, and being able to uh, make sure that the work being done is matching to the deliverables that are required from the client. And then just it's that constant game of adjust it's an iterative pro- process right from beginning yeah. to end awesome and so what if there's someone in the military right now transitioning listening to this and they're like hey that sounds pretty cool i want to be a project manager what what would be your advice to them where where do they get started or what should they be trying to do right now so I was lucky, um, and I went on a, uh, a week-long boot camp that was offered by um, a company called Vets to PM out of the United States. They mm-hmm. came up and, and ran a, a couple serials in Canada for us. So I did my, I did my boot camp, my five-day boot camp through them, and then I spent the next six months studying and essentially studying <laughs> the PMBOK. The PMBOK, Okay. The Project Management Body of Knowledge. That's um, the Bible. Uh, my, it's my Bible. I'm certified through the Project Management Institute in yeah. the United States. There are other. There's other companies, uh, depending on what part of the world you live in. Um, but PMP, Prince2, they're kind of globally. Uh, Prince2 is from the UK. They're globally recognized. Um, so, to for for somebody who. And particularly people who come from non-tech trades, um, and I think it's really important for people in the combat arms and people who lead squads and lead platoons to understand that every time they go out and do an op order, that op order is essentially a project plan, and you're delivering a project. Yep. Um, you. So just take the time to think about all of the things that you did, um, because you're going to find that whole concept around how you think about something you come from the military 
that was that was the first thing that I realized on day one. And I was given a comparison between an, uh, a NATO op order and a project plan. I was like, oh my god, this is the same thing. Yeah, I've been doing project management my whole career. Yeah, that's that's a big um, one. I think that's that's massive. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, there you you got to take some time, and you got to learn. You got to you have to learn the the proper language. You have to learn the system, how it how it works. But what it turns out is, you just learn that you already know ninety percent of it. Yeah. It's just about get, getting up to date on proper language, um, and you know, just little things. Yeah. So it's it's I found. Uh, it was very easily adaptable, and uh, as a guy who has uh, severe ADHD, that I do, yeah, it's uh, great for me because project management is never the same thing. Um, projects change all the time; they might be short. They, you know, I've I've been on projects that lasted multiple years, and I've been on projects that lasted three months. I've been on, and it's it's always different. Um, when I was at PwC, I, I I had government clients, I had private clients, I had uh, Crown Corporation clients, it, there was, it, it ran the gamut. And uh, I got exposed to a lot of different, uh, a lot of different uh, industries because I went into project management. Project management, think about, this is the, I can't remember who told me this, but project management is this. We have, a, we have an orchestra. Right? Orchestra is the project team. Conductor the project manager I don't need to know how to play first violin I need to know that I need a first violin and that's the way I explain project management you're the conductor of the orchestra that's a that's a really good analogy you should remember who that came from that's a cool one I, I think I know but I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to um credit the wrong person so that's okay maybe that's a, maybe a, te a text to a couple friends did you say this <laughs> okay so this is this is an interesting one um this next question is if you could give sean at the end of 2012 when you left the military one piece of advice what would it be the mba do an mba yeah. okay. i didn't have that option um there's there's kind of in canada now a couple of years ago they introduced a new education and training benefit for uh eligible um, veterans after they retired. So basically, if you do, uh, if you get past, uh, I think it's six years, you have a, you have a benefit that you can access, it's taxable, but a $80,000 uh, total benefit to access any kind of education you want. Um, that wasn't available when I came out, so I was doing it. Uh, I did my education under much stricter circumstances, which limited a lot of my uh, my choices. Um, I would have preferred to do my MBA straight out of the military and gone straight into work. That being said, didn't. Um, but if I was, because I I really did consider it. It was it was it was there was a lot of conversations between my brother-in-law, um, my wife, my my in-laws about where I was going to go. What what. What would be most beneficial? Because, again, I had small kids and I had I didn't have time to, to be living on you know peanuts. Yeah, 
Okay, well, that's that's all my formal questions. My last question was just going to be any anything I didn't touch upon that you want to talk about a little bit more that you think could be real good wisdom or any shout-outs or self-promotions that you want to give, anything no, like that? No, 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 no I'm, I'm not the self-promoting type. <laughs> I will say I will say that um, I really uh, am excited about being part of With You With Me. I'm also very excited to be learning some new skills. I'm, you probably gathered from this point that I'm a bit of a lifelong learner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm also hoping that... Uh, I'll find an excuse to get down to Australia somehow on the company's dime. Working on that. <laughs> That'd be good. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to to helping uh, be part of the team that builds out uh, with you, with me in Canada. Um, you know, we've, we're, we're already seeing it. We've hired 30 people since the new year. Um, yeah. And there's, there's more on the way because... Uh, the, the Canadian government in particular is starting to take notice of, of this contracting vehicle and taking advantage of it. So I think it's, uh, I, I think everybody should at least have a look at it. And yeah, it's, I love it. Awesome. Uh, the last one, if anyone who's listened to this to the end wants to get in touch with you, can they connect with you on LinkedIn? Where, where's the best place for them? Yeah, or, LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, my name is Sean Stadnisky. Uh, my last, my first name is S E A N, and my last name is S T A D N I S K Y. Awesome. And uh, they can they can connect with me through LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, perfect. Um, I would be I I'd love to love to talk to them more. Awesome. So I'll put your uh, link to your LinkedIn as well in the YouTube description as well. And if you're listening on podcast, I'll also put that in that description. Well, Sean, thank you very much for coming on as my third guest. Uh, I think you gave a lot of wisdom, um, particularly in project management, just how relatable it is to military um, experiences. I think that's incredible. So thank you. Thank you for your time and thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Anytime. Awesome. Thank you very much, Sean. See you later.